Big boy. Big boy. Podcast. Big boy. Banter. Big boy. Banter. The Banter Podcast. We have Benji. Caden. We got a podcast. This is a podcast. Yeah. Skip it bop. Whoa. Skip it Looks like we're live. We're rolling. We're awesome. back. Big boy banter. Episode two. Episode number two. <laughs> first, first one went all right. Yeah. We had a couple of listeners, but we had a look. There were a couple America. Well, there was one England. from Washington. What? Yeah. All no, America. that would have been yeah. old Stanley McBiden. He's out. He's out of listen. They weren't using it for the sweet now. No, Someone, I reckon he's not far off of that himself yeah. anyway. So we've actually um, conned someone into coming or managed to get our first guest. Yeah, we so, bribed him. Yeah, it was, um, wasn't was great for the bank accounts, but it's good for entertainment value. So. Flew him in. Yeah, yeah. We've got first class. Benny, I'll let you do the introductions. This is the first time we've met. So. Oh, well, yeah, you, my jiu-jitsu coach, my mate, Benny. Um, did you want to introduce yourself and tell us? Yeah, get yeah, guys. Bank um, numbers and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get some of the money we yeah. paid back, yeah. Yeah, my name's Ben or Ben Lidstrap. Um I'm a Sagittarius. I like <laughs> <laughs> walks in the park. Strolling in the moonlight. Um, now, as Benji mentioned, um, I'm a I teach jujitsu as well as uh, teaching first aid. Uh, but my primary my primary focus, my primary love is teaching jujitsu. Um, I've been training for close to 15 years now with a, a, little, yeah, a few little breaks here and there, just, you know, as life and that gets in the way. Yeah, um, as it does. But it's been fairly consistent over that time. Um, and the last couple of years now, I've been running my own club and just recently picked up the keys to a brand new location that we're just getting fitted out. We're nice. about to start being fitted out. Yeah, Ben's just um, saying... To then, yeah, nice. really start trying to, to build on what we've got so far. Nice. Nah, it's cool. Like we were talking about, there's so much more you're going to be able to do than... Because people that don't know, like, you're pretty much like renting, like, a big space in a, in a hall. Yeah, so like, yeah. Um, a community hall, um, the Czech Club in Brompton. Uh, really interesting people, really nice people, and it's been a huge help just to get myself started. Mm. But, yeah, renting a shared space where you've got limited access you know yeah, you've true. got limited with what you can do within the space yeah, yeah. um so as i said it's been great for a start but yeah. it's yeah just standing in a blank well like benji came and checked it out yesterday and just standing in the middle it might sound a little bit silly but and i'm staring around i've got tape marking out <laughs> on the floor where the mat's gonna go and i'm just yeah. going in my head, I can see the finished product. Yeah, yeah. Um, being an awesome feeling after you've you know had to come from a shared space, not being able to sort of fix anything in your separate yeah. way. Yeah, oh, exactly. And having setbacks and stuff along the way, it's like now it's, you just yeah, mm. you pick up the key thing, you're like, oh my god, there's so much. To <laughs> like just the next the, step starting. Yeah, there's so many options, and that that's almost a little bit the daunting part is you're looking, you go, all right, where do you start? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, would be yeah, big projects. I'm one of these people that I love. I love letting my mind sort of run ahead to the possibilities. Yeah, because I use that as a bit of motivation. Because I know it, you don't go from zero to a hundred straight away. I know there's a mm. process because that's one of the beautiful things about jujitsu. It teaches you that nothing comes easy. There's a, yeah. a process that's along the way. Yeah. Um, and but if you're willing to commit to the process. Most of the time, you know, there's there's gonna be times where something doesn't work out. Yeah. But most of the time, you're gonna to get to the, the end and achieve what you want. Mm. Um. But 
along that way, it's there are those times where you're just like, what am I doing? Here? Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I've had a few of them. Ah. Oh. So yeah, I like to let my mind run and just sort of have these these almost fantasy imaginations about what could be, what the possibilities are, because that gives me that sort of fuel. Yeah. So yeah, you're standing in the middle, looking at it, going, this is awesome. How do, you, yeah. how do you start? You can say fuck on here, bro. That's what okay. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. How do you start? Hey, obviously, um, I've listened to the first episode. Well, you did mention <laughs> right at the start before the, 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 but the record got, button got hit. You were like, yeah, I'm going to try and back off on the swearing because I did cut loose a little bit. But the start. thing is, though, the more you guys swear, the less it looks it like I'm... Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 If I can get, blame. like, only get three to one instead of ten to one, we should be all right. We'll do our best. Yeah. So, um, before you were sort of like coaching and knew that you were going to have your own space and, and run your thing like just I mean always a student I guess but as a student specifically like what were you doing in the interim for like your, your day to day because obviously running a club's a you know a full time thing in a way when you've got your, your own space yeah your own, it's, oh, as in work wise yeah, like yeah. That? I think I think a lot of people sort of forget when it comes to clubs it's like it's a business aspect of it too like it takes up a lot oh so, it certainly can yeah. with that time before now what did you sort of have like a a day to day I still have a bit of a day job yeah um, because as you're saying and particularly in the in the interim steps when you're first getting your business started it almost net unless you've got big capital behind you it's yeah. almost never a case of completely scrap one thing and straight into the other so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so as a student in the past I've I've worked in transport most of my life yeah um, delivery driver stuff like that um, and that was always a good thing because that job was always sort of earlyish in the morning to mid-afternoon yeah rest of the time free and yeah. of course that time got spent once training. I found jiu-jitsu that, that was training um, then uh, there was a period of time where I was starting to run, help run um, another club that was that was actually the first club, or the, the second main club that I've trained in. So I've got my very first club that I that I started jujitsu in, but when I count how long I've been doing jujitsu for, I don't always count that time period purely because while it was a great time, it was. A bunch of white belts. The guy that ran it was a white belt who oh, okay. trained a little bit more than us. Because yeah. we're talking back in the day where there were there was really two clubs. Yeah. So was, so when did you get um, started? Sorry to No, nah, no, that's a good that's a good question. Uh what are we, twenty twenty two, so early two thousands. Yeah. By probably like two thousand and four or five. Yeah. I could work it out correctly. But, yeah. So there wasn't really much of a scene in Adelaide because, I mean, people don't know you, like, we're in in Adelaide, Western Suburbs, but there wasn't... Now, there's that many clubs around. Oh, okay, let's... let's Crazy. Let's go back a few steps then. Yeah. So I got started, I was watching USC 60, saw George St. Pierre and somebody else, and that's what got me into the UFC. And I was fascinated by whatever that weird thing was that they were doing on the ground. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone... That's not wrestling. That's not wrestling, yeah. yeah. But no one understands. Because you get all the casuals that are like, oh, you know, they're watching UFC and goes, oh, that hit, that hit was good, that punch was that. Every, everyone knows, everyone striking. thinks they know kickboxing and striking, but when they're on the ground, they're like, oh, I'm going to go get a drink. I want to go yeah. take a piss. Because no one gets it. Yeah. Like, That's what I was going to say is that we're all very used to, even just through watching movies, a punch mm. you don't have to understand the technique behind the punch and the kick and yeah. the strategy setting it up or whatever yeah. but you know a punch and you know a kick yeah 
but like you're saying, the because of the complexity of what's going on in the ground, it's it's not as obvious that without some sort of form of training or knowing something, or watching it with it, someone that does that can talk you through it, it's happening. Yeah. It's yeah, like when I first watched it, I had no clue what was going on. Yeah, I yeah. just knew whatever it was looked fascinating because you had one person physically controlling another. The whole idea of being able to physically control another human yeah. without having to hurt them unless you wanted to. Yep. Just, I don't know, appealed to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... So then Benny went to jail for four years and then what happened? You got <laughs> that's where I met Mike. That's where I met Mike. <laughs> we shared stories. Yeah. Mike couldn't be here today for obviously reasons, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Notice the year. Notice the year. Oh, shit. Um, but back then, so yeah, it would have been maybe 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. Yep. There was really only one main club, which was SABJJ, which had started from an original club, which I forget if it had an actual name. But if you speak to any of the old schoolers, there's a, a guy called Sean Black, was the first main person of any, any decent ability and knowledge here in Adelaide. Yeah. So what did he did he move to Adelaide or did he go I and Don't recall. Yeah. That. I, I never met him. Okay. Well, I, I just I would hear stories about Sean Black from sort of all People the other in the scene. Yeah. yeah. So all the guys that had been doing it for long when I first started the blue belts there was a couple of per- there was like the highest belt was a purple belt here in Adelaide. So oh, you had really? about, if I remember correctly it was either two or three purple belts no more. Few couple of blue belts, everyone else's white belts. My club was all white belts. They were the two main clubs. But yeah, SABJJ came out of Sean Black and then from SABJJ sort of people sort of pulled out from there. And it was in that early stage of just SABJJ and um and that club of no, this is pre Aruda. Um so it was SABJJ, it was this club extreme. And then at some point, not long after starting there, was when a guy called Bomber, that's his nickname. I've heard the name before, um, yeah. He turned up, he was the first Brazilian black belt. Um, so he was BTT, Brazilian top team. Sure. So that was the, he was training out of SD Tactics in uh, Guja Street in the city. So for a short period of time, I would sometimes train in the morning, on the Saturday morning at extreme as some white belts yeah. and then because Bomber was a bit was fairly open back then just go in and do the Saturday sort of late morning session there and have my first experience training under a black belt yeah different kettle of fish yeah different well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, extreme ended up having to close down because that was that was a good experience extreme was upstairs in light square right next door to Stormy's <laughs> now, for those of you, that, for those of you listening that don't know that local reference, Stormy's was a very infamous uh, brothel here in Adelaide, <laughs> and Stormy, who was the owner, was a a very well known infamous brothel owner. Yeah, who uh, a female. Um, but yeah, there's a so, whole lot of rolling going on. Oh, upstairs. but yeah, there's probably, there's probably more rolling going on <laughs> next door. Half the hookers in Adelaide like purple belts, and, <laughs> and they, they didn't stick to one to one either. They didn't. <laughs> it was like a group roll every Thursday night down at Stormy. Yeah, 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was expensive in like Square, so unfortunately, yeah. actually Extreme had to fold. Um, I couldn't train uh, during the week with the SABJJ because of where they were, where they were located. It was too far, so I was training for once a week with those guys, and it was around that time that that Leo turned yeah. up. So Leo Arruda turned up, yeah. and then I heard that he was training um, on a place on Grange Road with a guy who, again, a very well-known allied identity in martial arts. Vince Palumbo, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, who's boxer and uh, stick fighter, stick and fighter. Yeah, yeah, he does heaps of stuff. Um, and yeah, I heard there's this black belt training there, so yeah. I was like, I'm going to go investigate this. And I remember the the first lesson, which was my first trial lesson there. And I remember we were upstairs. The only place that Leo could teach at the time was upstairs where Vince did his boxing, and we're in the little boxing ring. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were all in a little boxing ring. And I just remember the, the thing that sort of got me, that, that, that had me hooked and that, yeah, I've made the right decision to come and check this out. Doing a scissor sweep, did it incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> and Leo's like, oh, your, your scissor sweep is broken. But that's okay. I'm not doing exact He's got away with words. Yeah. He, had a, he had a real... He, it was hilarious. He had a real strong accent back mm. then when he first started to the point where half the time a lot of the people, myself included, couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took a while to, to get a gist of how he spoke. Yeah, and just and piece I, it together. And yeah. then I picked it up pretty quickly. And then over time, his accent's improved. Now he's been here for years. and yeah. So his accent's way different. But yeah, back then, in the early days, it was really strong. Yeah. Um, so then for a while, you had Leo... And Bomba as two Brazilian black belts, and that's when th- and and SABJJ, and then things started slowly building from there because you had ISO Health, which had popped oh, up, yeah. which had popped up sort of a little bit earlier than um, when a re- it was around before Leo turned up. Yeah, but it was sort of when Leo turned up, you started to have like three or four more clubs, and that's when things started expanding a little bit yeah so once the like the brazilian guys sort of start to come and the more the black belts started to come in is that when people like yourself who were training you're like oh shit we've only been training the sort of like you know up to purple belts and now there's like a black belt coming it's sort of like you sort of gravitate towards them well that's why so. that's why i sought out when i heard about leo that's why i went and checked him out yeah yeah because i'm one of these people when i get into something i I just I'm obsessive. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter what it is. I just deep dive into stuff. So, was there something there for you before jujitsu that you had the same sort of compulsion to the same uh, level of martial arts? Always as a kid, I've done yeah. karate. Uh, I've done Wing Chun, which yeah. I, I really enjoyed. You and did Wing Chun as well. I, I lived at the top of the Ongs. Oh, place. did you really? Yeah, for about <laughs> six months. <laughs> lineage. Because so, here in Adelaide you had two, you had Felix, Felix you had um, Jimmy Fung. Jimmy Fung. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, I was with Jimmy. Yeah, I, I was, um, I was at Felix's yeah. for a while. So, um, a year or so, longer now, probably about three years back. I went and, but well, I'd stopped training and everything, yeah. and wanted to get back in shape. So I just went and lived upstairs nice. there for six months and got fresh again. But then, yeah, I actually discovered like jujitsu at Aruda. Um, yeah. I think I went to check out a Thai class one night and then got into the jit side of things. So, yeah, moved out. Wing Chun's cool. Because, oh, yeah, well, one of the things that got me hooked on jiu-jitsu, because one of the things I really enjoyed about Wing Chun was 
focus on the scientific. Yeah. Like, you know, our body position, direction. Yeah. It wasn't so flowery and yeah. and things like that. Um, it was leverage. You know, leverage was involved in regard to some of the deflecting blocks. It goes deep. Yeah. Um, and then when I started getting into jujitsu, it's like, oh shit, this is leverage and body mechanics and. It's a real thinking game, isn't it? Like, yeah. And yeah, that's that's what mm. what I really fell in love yeah. with jujitsu, and that's what's got me hooked to this day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can name a variety of things that I've been sort of obsessed with over time. I got into to weights and bodybuilding, mm. um, racing motorbikes. Not that I was ever really good at it. <laughs> no, you did it. Because it's, as I was saying earlier, you know, you'll find something you enjoy, you'll dive into it. If you really do it seriously, you'll yeah. dive into it and you'll give it a good go. And if you're smart enough and, and honest enough with yourself, you know whether you're doing it for fun, whether you're any good at it and there's a, a, a further reason for exploring it further. Yeah. Or, or whether it maybe it's just time to quit yeah and yeah. like for example with motorcycle racing I enjoyed it it made me a better rider on the road but it was expensive oh yeah good. bro yeah and I wasn't that fast you that's know? one of those so, things if you want to dive in you got to get sponsors and you got to have cash behind you don't you yeah and, <laughs> you know to get that you got to go fast and you got to win yeah <laughs> yeah and then the risk goes up as well doesn't it that, and I was saying to a good friend of mine that's a motorcycle mechanic um, and he still wrote because we actually got our license together and went through all of that together. Yeah. Um, that one of the reasons why I ended up stopping racing was that there was always this little thing in the back of my head that I just could not step over that line of trust the bike. Yeah. The bike is yeah. way better than I am. This will not, as long as I do everything correctly with it, it will not let me down. It will not put me on the ground. Yeah. What sort of racing were you doing? Like motocross or road racing? Oh, no, road racing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So up at Malala. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I could just never just switch. My brain couldn't take that, that, that next little step with that. Yeah. It's scary shit though, man, because when you're flying, it's... I mean, like, like when I'm riding, it's like, oh, even when you think, oh, I'm going to take this corner, oh, oh, can the bike go? There's always that little thing in your head that's, you know, because you're, you're a fraction of a second away from going ass up and God knows what's going to happen. That's well, the, <laughs> the, the scary The great thing is you think about the, the contact patch you have on the road, on a motorbike. Yeah. It's It's cool. tiny. Yeah, when you're going. Um, and then, we, and like you're saying, you're, you know, what, a couple of, about a metre or so off the ground. Yeah. And when you're taking and you look and you can see that ground, <laughs> you can touch it if you wanted to. And that's why some people are really good. Yeah. Because they can step over that line and mm. then the rest of us like watching on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it looks awesome, but it's just scary shit. J- Jits is an interesting one. I was having this discussion with a couple of boys at the club the other night. Like, had one of those nights where, you know, d- drills and everything was great. Got the technique down, no worries. Couple of hard rolls to start the end of class and got smashed and it's like, ah. Oh, why the fuck am I doing Why this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is shit. Like, and then you like, it, but it hit hard. And then some of the boys, one of the purple belt guys, is like, he's he's going, he's smashing everyone at the moment. Like gold left, right, and centre. Even he's like, man, I I have those nights still. Like I drive yeah. home sometimes. It's like, did that white belt really hold me down? Like, why did I not get out of there? So yeah, like, yes. Yeah. You constantly finding like, oh goodness, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is rough as like what you know. Next day at work, I'm sitting there, colleagues like, you all right? I'm like, 
I've put so many years in <laughs> <laughs> my body into doing martial arts. Yeah. Like, it gets you. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing, you've got to take away bits and pieces from that as well, I suppose, don't you? Like, you look at the, like the, when you say bad roles, but think, okay, well, I got caught doing this, this, and this. I'm not going to get caught doing that. Yeah, or, or I know. probably will. Or you least, probably will, but yeah. I'll be aware that it's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've got a couple of, you've got the detailed lessons, like saying, where you look in and see what were the little mistakes I made or the, or the thing I didn't do. Mm. But then you've got the greater lesson, which is um, about that, that sort of humbling experience of it doesn't matter how good you think you are. Yeah. There's always yeah. going to be, yeah. whether it be consistently better than you or just on the night better than you. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I have the same thing. And I'll say this to these guys, you know, to my students, a bunch of white belts, uh, four stripe brown belt, and I, there's nights I walk away going, what the fuck? Am I any good? But that's what it does make you question sometimes. You're like, hang on, if I spent this time doing it, and how the fuck, I'm actually shit. <laughs> like, but, but you're not, but no. it's just you, you sort of talk yourself into doing into thinking yeah. you're shit, but... It's and all part of that, I suppose. It, it's a hundred percent part of it because this is where you get that that moment of choice, mm. and it humbles you. Do I do I pick myself up and go? All right, I fell over, I scraped my knee. Yeah, oh, it's bleeding a little bit, but it's not broken. I can keep walking. I'm going back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Or do, does it break you? Where you just go, oh, this is fucked. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna go eat chips on the couch, or, or yeah, yeah, I'm, gonna yeah. I'm going to get a euro. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to get a euro. Oh, let's not talk about euros again, man. <laughs> I'm going to go do something to comfort myself. Yeah, because this is the one problem we're seeing throughout the, the last decade plus is that there's no hardships for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Like COVID was difficult. We're going to try not to say that word. We don't want to get blue, blue right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this last couple of years' time period has been, yeah. has been challenging. Oh, it's been shit, bro. But, yeah. but it's broken a lot of people mentally because, uh, yeah. because life's just too good. Life's too, modern life is too easy for most people. Yeah. No one's got any real challenges. And this is the thing. I mean, the main... This is what's... Good. Did you watch that um, Paddy Pimblet fight on the I, UFC the other day? I've seen, I haven't seen the whole fight, but I've seen bits of it. Oh, you, you saw the uh, the speech he said afterwards? Uh, was that about the, the male um, yeah. speaking out? Yeah, stuff? so that yeah. got shared, I don't even know how many times, like even just like the, um, Facebook and Instagram, I shared it as well. But So um, pretty much Paddy Pimblet, UFC fighter, he is um, a pommy guy, but he's not like at the top tier of... Not yet. He's, he's not yet. He's, he's, he's the building. He is, yeah. But he's got that personality that I mean, they'll have like a main event card in um, in London, and he'll be the biggest attraction on it. But he'll be like you know fifth fight from the main event. So he's obviously got that potential to to take it for like. You know. He was actually just talking about that just just recently in a little video I watched. Yeah. Whether it was part of the post conference, post fight conference, so I'm not too sure where it was, but he was making that comment that look. Yeah, I'm not the, the top tier yet. Yeah. But everyone but comes to see me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got, he's one of the biggest me. draws he, that they've got. Stands. Yeah. And, and exactly, he's not getting too big for his boots just yet. He knows what well, his sort of position he's, is. But. He's the next Conor McGregor that's not Conor McGregor. Yeah. Meaning he's the next rising star, the next personality that people are going like, 
that's something that I, I can latch onto, I can connect yeah. with and I can watch. Yeah. But at this stage, he doesn't seem to be as dickish as McGregor. Although McGregor was funny to start with. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah that's what drew a lot of it people. Was, it was it. the first time somebody had taken it to that extreme other than Chael Sonnen who didn't even take it that well, far. Yeah. Chael Sonnen sort of took it in a slightly different direction. Uncle yeah. Chael was... Uh, Oh he yeah, good. biggest yeah. wanker ever though. Charles' whole thing was all about being a dick yeah. and making everyone hate him. Yeah. Whereas early McGregor, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. That mm. whole, you know, ring up your girlfriend, get her, put the red red panties, panties on. on yeah. Because <laughs> you're fighting Conor McGregor. It's like who the fuck is that guy? And like that's, that's, that's so funny. Like if I was his opponent. And we're sitting there and he comes out with that comment, I would have cracked up laughing. And yeah. Then play along. I would have pulled my phone out and go, honey, get them red panties. Yeah. And, yeah. Play, yeah. and yeah. then played along with a joke because the problem for McGregor is he does that stuff to get into your head and fuck with I you. I mean, look what it did to Jose Aldo. Like, just... Part of it's <sighs> McGregor. I mean, when McGregor back then, he was nimble. Like, up yeah, until he tried yeah. to turn boxer and then suddenly he starts plodding and throwing heads. Yeah, shots. once he had that sort of bu- bu- in and out sort yeah, of style, then yeah. He was so nimble, so good. And, like, and he had that, this is the thing, he was hitting like a lightweight, but it was with a fit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, if you're getting hit by him, it's like getting hit by someone that's. Well, but Aldo still should have been able to. Put up more yeah. resistance than what he did. It was the it was the mental stuff that I mean, dude had never experienced that from any other opponent before. Nah. And McGregor rattled him. They did a world tour, a world media tour, and he was just getting fucking bombarded yeah. the whole, getting called like a pussy in Brazilian yeah. and shit like by McGregor. He's like, just like, was, I can't remember what the name was, but he's screaming it out of a out of a four wheel drive. Yeah. And it was just like, fuck's sake. was it? Find the clip later and change. But that's it. Mental side of things. And mm. Aldo, unfortunately, I loved Aldo in his, in his prime. Yeah, he was awesome great. to watch. Oh yeah. But he just got he got played <coughs> and he got mentally broken, and it was super clear from the moment he stepped in the cage that things weren't going to go well. Yeah. Because he wasn't focused on the fight. He was focused on hurting McGregor. Yeah. He was emotional. This is the beautiful thing about Khabib. Mm. Khabib got emotional against McGregor, but didn't let his emotions interfere with his game. Interfere with his game. All he did was he just went from yeah, this is a business to now I'm going to smash your fucking face in to show you that if you're going to be disrespectful like that because you talk about my dad, you you crossed the line. Yeah, once you start talking about a Muslim guy's family like that, you're in trucking trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you're in trouble. He, was in, really. he was in trouble before. He was really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More trouble than that. But McGregor's big thing was, like you were saying earlier, Benji, he'd cut down to featherweight. He was the, the big dog in, mm. the, in the small group. Mm. Um, and he was knocking people out within the first round or so. Yeah, with and style. Then, with, and then yeah, yeah. As, because he's got that explosive style, that mm. in out very quick, like you were talking about. Yeah. As soon as the round, as soon as the fight goes too long, mm. and you see him flagging, you he's see Nate Diaz. Yeah, well, that's yeah. The thing, my, like, my opinion in Nate Diaz is is McGregor quit, put his chin up, and let him get let himself get choked. Yeah. That was my yeah. thought. He did the same thing with Khabib. Yeah, he did. He let himself get choked. I, if I was Khabib, I would have let the choke go and just punched him in the face yeah. until the ref pulled me off. Yeah, yeah. 
But you guys, let's talk now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was it. He's like, come on, let's talk. And he's just, it's just business. Uh, <laughs> nah. No, there's mate. business and then there's taking it. There's crossing lines. Yeah. But I think like what what's happening like in the UFC now, like some of these guys that are part of that that generation, like a lot of the dudes that sort of were big when I was coming going through school and stuff, like your your RDAs, you know, Cowboys retired now. Yeah. Like mm. RDA RDA is frustrating because I still think he's one of the best. Like I still think he can be top five, but he. He just, never says no and he yeah. comes this close so many times but it's sort of like a bit of a change in the guard now and you're starting to get these guys emerge like your Paddy Pimblets and dudes like even like, Sean O'Malley yeah, people like that yeah. that are coming up yeah. welterweight at the moment is stacked like heaps undefeated yeah, yeah. yeah it's all sort of moving a bit and I mean for McGregor to think he can come back at this stage with the same style yeah. he's been trying to fight with his last few fights like it's it's a different UFC now. You know? Yeah, he's definitely been left behind. Mm. And the, what he's been doing in this time frame is definitely nothing that's going to help him come back. What was his last fight? Punching that, that old guy in the thing? Yeah, yeah didn't want, didn't in want the to bu- buy his whiskey. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, crazy. Whiskey. I don't want your whiskey. Yeah. Punch right. an old guy in the face. And this is the thing, I mean, with him as well, his whole... I think the shit that we don't see is just it's ruining him because there's bits and pieces that got leaked because um, Jake Paul did you guys see that video that Jake Paul posted up I heard about, about something oh it was it fucking now. brutal like you, you do not start some sort of beef with like, even if you can't agree or whoever but you don't start something like that with Jake Paul and expect it to be all good because he's going to fucking destroy you because yeah. this is what he's he does he's got, got the resources to yeah, do yeah so. exactly yeah. because it was the, I can't remember exactly what it was but he he did this this spiel that went for about two minutes when he was on his on his private plane, and he goes, you know, this now I've made more money than you. You've last person you've won was uh, last person you beat was like four years ago, and I'm just going in on him. Yeah. But then he ended up getting he found this video. It was some chick skanky fucking thing going live, <laughs> and she's like into the camera, and then she turns the camera around oh, and I guess who's asleep yeah, in yeah, the yeah. bed? Conor McGregor. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Wasn't there all that debate, though, because his tattoos or something didn't line up? Uh, There was something, but yeah. But Jake was like, oh, you and Dana White are sharing hookers. And then it went to that that thing. It was like, oh. But now it's just turning. I mean, he'll obviously, he'll always get fights with the biggest people, but it'll just be super fights now. Like, he's not going to be. Could you imagine him and Charles Oliveira? No. How the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Why does everyone watch that? Yeah, I, that's the thing. This, at, yeah. at this point, it's like, I don't really... I mean, even if he could come back and have a decent crack at someone, like, I don't think anybody really cares. Nah, no one really... But this is the thing, though. If you've got him versus Masvidal... That's, I'd watch it. I'd that's watch it. Fight. I'd be following well, the fight leading up to it. Yeah. Do you reckon maybe a him and Khabib too? If it was no. ever possible, if Khabib would come back, if, if yeah, but it would have to be. My opinion is it have to be something big like that for because, and he'd only get one shot at it because if he loses another fight, no one's going to give a shit about him. Yeah, yeah, right. His yeah. his last couple of fights, to my recollection, were yeah. If he comes back at lightweight, I guarantee he'll, he'll call out RDA. You reckon? Yeah, that'll be that'll be. I mean, look what he did with Cowboy, like. Yeah. Cowboy copped a couple of rough losses, got bashed up a bit. And then so McGregor you reckon he's just doing tune-up fights or something? Yeah, or just doing well, it for he the just, win? He's, he's got the ability in the UFC 
probably not so much to pick from the top five yeah. at Liberty anymore. But the thing is, they're going to be picking him. Mm. Like, you're going to have Oliveira that's going to pick him. You're going to have who, um, Makachev. Why don't you fight him? Well, I can't find him. Yeah, I've been um, looking. Ducking, hey? He's ducking me, bro. This shit, is the thing. Shit. You know what? Between him and fucking Keith oh. Urban... Keith Urban owes you money as well. He owes you money, bro, which means he owes us money. Oh. Big boy banter has absorbed the debt. So Keith, I know you're listening. Pay up, buddy. Twenty dollars, please. We got Benny here, four strike bound belt. You're in fucking trouble, mate. We're getting the, we're getting the crew together. I was just yeah, saying, you, were, you guys are all suited up. We're all yeah, suited yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. We haven't told people. We thought we'd um, we thought we'd get a little bit of a uniform hammer today. So me and Kato both got our geese on. Both looking good. I thought you were either, either you guys had just finished rolling, or, <laughs> yeah. or we were getting ready to jump in the van and go find someone. To but the, sort we out. can't go Keith, we can't find Connor. We go, we're running out there. But one thing that is interesting is now you're getting more of these Eastern European fighters coming out. Yeah, these Dagestani boys, man. And they've yeah. got a different mindset and a different way of thinking. Yeah, they've got way of so much things. more discipline and in the way that they've grown up and the way they've yeah. trained. I've got no idea who this young guy is, but there was a young guy who was actually dissing to a degree Paddy Pimblet. Oh yeah, he's, he's just sort of saying. Uh, well, I don't think he. he I, I don't think he was particularly picking on something like, for example, the, the he, comment about the mental health. Things. At one stage, he was picking on him because he got his ass out at the way. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's oh, the video that I saw. Yeah, yeah from think, somewhere up in the mountains where it's cold and everyone fucking wrestles each other. And that's yeah, white boys ass and they're like. Mm. Yeah. No, it's more like they're all they're all Muslim and they're all um, very. Family orientated, they were very traditional values. Traditional yeah, very values. super respectful and everything. And yeah. this shaking your ass and twerking and shit. Yeah, they they don't get into because yeah. that's that. That's, I think you just got so many hungry dudes in there now that you know don't like all the contender series and that all these oh, connections now that some of the fighters from these countries have got. So you know these dudes flood in. It's mm. like, holy shit! Everyone outside of the top ten is like raging to get in there and this is They're the thing dangerous. there's no easy fights anymore because even if one of these top 10 guys can get someone that's even ranked for like 15, 16, 17 it's not going to be an easy one for him it's not as if oh yeah I'll take it and just you know for a bit of a payday no 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 you, you still got to fucking put your balls on the line because these dudes like if you if you slip up one little bit you're fucked bro yeah. like, they're not going to yeah. they're not going to play with you well particularly because of where these guys are coming from mm. like you're saying now mm. now they're starting to find their feet they're starting to get the foot in the door they don't want the door shut on them. Yeah. And if you have a bad fight, well, you're some guy from out back of the middle of... Bumfuck middle nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So you're out of sight. Yeah. So you've got to... Every time you get that one opportunity, you've got to make the most of it. And yeah. yeah they're, they're animals, those dudes. And I mean that in a good, positive way. Mm. And they all right. treat each other... This is the thing, though, because they sort of have put themselves in their own little group and, and that might sound a bit weird but they're like oh you know our brother such and such and like they they all sort of look after it you know what i mean like all yeah. the, the dagestani boys and all like even like the russians and all that sort of like they're all in it together like if one of them succeeds they're like oh you know this was good brother you know blah 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 and they, they tee up and train together when they can they hold they, each other accountable they do yeah, yeah yeah and that's what is sort of different about you know them in different parts of the world they'll they stick together with bits and pieces because they were brought up with those yeah well, values a lot training, different training I mean, sort of over here more it's going to be like you know you've, you're worried about your Instagram you're worried about you know, yeah. you got girls you got drink you got yeah 
about the these boys come in? from these like, they, they don't think about any of it like it's not even a consideration they've been married since they were 15 but a lot of them still live with like, their parents yeah like, like <laughs> they look after the farm yeah and yep they just beat wholesale ass like, yeah wrestle bears and fucking yeah yeah well that's a, a big cultural thing you're seeing around the world really isn't it mm. you see and the the Ukraine war highlights the the two sides, the opposing sides. You've got those that eastern side where you've got you've got like Russia, you've got China, and you've got a variety of other sort of these developing countries that are starting to actually find their feet and come up and go, yeah. hey, we're not children anymore. We're we're mm. we're adults that need to be like, yeah. paid attention to. These countries are actually doing quite well throughout this period, where they're improving, their economies are doing well. Yeah. And then you've got the Western countries that are all about. TikTok and getting the right pronouns yeah. and yeah. making oh. sure that I've got the right gender <laughs> and yeah. I've got to be inclusive and I can't, I have, you know, yeah, with, it's you know, birthing, birthing parents. I guess if you come from a part of the world with none of those distractions and any of that shit, it's like, yeah. Yeah, and it's distractions, harder. isn't it? That's the thing. Well, and it's deliberate distraction. Mm. It's, it's a deliberate way of destroying a culture because you get these people playing around with these stupid ideas. Mm. They're not actually focused on anything that's meaningful with regard to coming up through life and progressing progressing evolving, evolving themselves and yeah, growing yeah. as people or growing as a community um, whereas these guys like you're saying they're just hard fast dedicated these countries you don't have any of that bullshit yeah and you're, gonna, you're seeing this big shift, bit of a shift yeah yep. where you know like America used to be the top country and the yeah. west used to be the, the thing we're going to take a fall we're going to slip down a little bit because mm. our culture and our standards are slipping. Yeah. These guys, none yeah. of that. That's hard oh, rock, right. man. Yeah. Exactly. And it's yeah. that, old, that old saying of, what is it? Um, uh, hard times breed strong men. Yeah. Strong men, men create, create easy good times. times yeah. And good times create weak men and yeah. weak men create hard yeah. times. Yeah. And the cycle continues, though. That's the thing. Exactly. And you've got these countries where it's been tough mm. and they're starting to like come up. We've got our countries that have just had life way too easy for way too long. Even yeah. just the simplest of things. Like I was, can't remember who initially like had the discussion with me that led me to look into it and that, but it was talking about, like, I think it started with you know, additives and things in food. Yeah. You know? mm. These guys, they're raising their own animals, their own meat you know it's different it's like yeah here, like the process and everything but it was something like through through plastics and through the, you know, additives and food and things the testosterone that a man can produce naturally now is so much less than what a man could naturally produce 30 years prior yeah 40 yeah. years prior 50 years prior and you look at these studies that sort of look into you know rates of testosterone and the age in which testosterone would start to decline mm. and then you compare it to you know, western world versus some of the you know, like eastern countries especially the last sort of 20-30 years yeah like and it's crazy like even just down to the simplest things of diet and nutrition and that like we're slipping that's, that's tough, yeah well that's the biggest thing is uh you've got how do you mass produce food mm. then once you work like that's the first question. How do you do it? And then, then you've got to go. How do you do it profitably? Because no one's going to do it for free. Yeah, no one wants to do it for free. That's, that's, big, money. that's the big thing on everything. So then, the easiest way to make food to to feed multiple people 
is more and more processes. Yeah. And for whatever reason, we're so big on processing food in the West. Mm. You can't, like, you, if you own a cow, you can drink the milk. Yeah. But you can't give it to me or sell it to me if I want to drink fresh cow's milk that hasn't been pasteurized or had mm. anything done to it. Mm. There's all these, you know, sort of rules in place for one reason or another. But the whole Western food is all about processed. Yeah. Everything's packaged. Everything's got, you say, got additives. Yeah. And all this stuff. And everything's sprayed. All the feel like this is the other thing. Like you're saying about over in the country like that, all their soil and everything. It'd be clean. It's yeah. cleanest yeah. sort of stuff you'd ever think of. But over here, oh no, we got to chuck a bit of this in it, a bit of that, a yeah. bit of that to get everything. The Beaumont right. children. The Beaumont children. I wouldn't have thought they were in prime farming land. I thought they were down near Grimaldi. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were down the back roads at Milestone or something. They were digging up a while ago, right? Yeah, a few different spots they're digging around. Climb my square. Climb my square. Being South Australia, that could be anywhere. Like We're one of the capitals for. For serial weird crimes yeah. in Australia. The other t- uh, my mum for a little while worked like helped these this couple that were running a snack bar in Snowtown. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus! Yeah, and I didn't think much of it until. I started. <laughs> mum, weren't, didn't you like run someplace in Snowtown at one point? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the, the old bank, was it? <laughs> it wasn't the old bank. See, this is when all that sort of stuff happened because my biological dad he was. Like, he lived in Snowtown, all his parents lived in Snowtown. Oh, so we think when all this stuff happened, I was like, oh, isn't that where, you know, Graham lived? Oh, yeah. And just checking all the <laughs> names of the people that were in the barrels. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. Well, if they're not in the barrel, they were buried up north somewhere. In, in the, wasn't there a property up north? Yeah. Up near yeah, there was something. I heard something backyard, about it, yeah. They, I think there was... <laughs> Maybe some. There's so much hectic shit that's gone down in that regard. Do you know what? I reckon that'd be the way to do it, though. If he didn't want to get rid of a body, you'd either have we'll to put like put it in sh- a barrel or bury it out that way. Oh, uh, I don't know. Just eat it. Yeah, but the bones, bro. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Was it? Was it not snatch? Uh, Locked up in two smoking barrels. Pigs. Yeah. Was the guy? Oh no, that was snatch. No, 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 not not snap. It was it was definitely lock stock. No, that was that was snap. Get your feet up to the pigs. Just, uh, just oh, the right. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. They'll go through seven pounds of fucking human flesh like his butter. <laughs> this conversation escalated. <laughs> All I wanted to say was about Paddy Pimblet with that mental yeah. health thing, and then they'll borrow fucking bodies and shit. This big boy banter. Big boy so. banter. This is where a conversation. Well, this is the this is a beautiful thing about conversations, isn't it? Yeah. If it's not scripted, you're not sitting down asking various questions. The conversation, yeah, basically leads any leads everywhere. Yeah, that's what we sort of like to do with guests. Yeah, we're doing better than last. I think it was good because um, Pamela was saying he goes, "Bro, he goes, listen to the podcast and." You skip 15 seconds and you talk about one thing, then 15 seconds later, oh, it's totally yeah. different, then you keep going. It's like, yeah, yeah we're all <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, I think it's, I think next week, we, well, next recording, whenever it comes, we decide we're going to talk and talk about love. Yeah, talk yeah, about love. Love, relationships and... Fingering people. <laughs> I wish I brought it with me because it's funny you sort of talk about love. Not so much love, love, but... I pull up into my little driveway, get out of my car, walking halfway between the car and the door, and four people come walking down from the street into the the driveway. I live in a block of units similar to this. Yeah. And initially, in the in the what they how they dressed, I thought they were Muslim because they um they had sort of that 
don't know what it's called, so I'm going to call it like a long dress type thing, yeah. but this wasn't the full long dress. Were they guys or girls? Uh, two guys, uh, a son and a daughter. Yeah. Was um, it a caftan? Is no, that what they're called? No? Yeah, caftan. Yeah, caftan's yeah. what I'm thinking of, but it wasn't. Gary, my mum's partner wears one. But I've tried that and they're so comfortable. Yeah, they're so comfortable. It's like a big spot. Next episode's recorded in caftans. I'll get us some caftans. (laughs) He's old, he doesn't give a shit anymore, and and he's comfortable (laughs) as fuck. And it's white. It's all see I'll do the commander. But these guys came around, they were Indian. Yeah. And they mentioned some, I cannot say the name because it was way too long. Um, and then started giving me a little chat. We're not trying to sell anything. They had these these sort of. <laughs> but here's a bag of spices if you want to buy them. A big bag of goat meat. That, that's yeah. the guy down the road. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a rundown house that yeah. everyone yeah. knows what's going on. He's got right. that twitchy eyelid and shit. The kids are told don't go near there. So the dog pass off. Yeah. Is that the Beaumont children? And yeah, this, this, this thing was like a calendar. It had the days of the week, and it had seven, the seven sort of ways of living type of thing. That whatever this Indian guy, as in the, the, like the I'm going to say guru. It's I'm Just using it correctly. Some philosophy, yeah. But yeah, some philosophies, and the and this guy was saying, well, it doesn't matter about your religion and all that. These are just sort of seven things that this particular person sort of says to yeah. to live by. And it's, you know, your basic tenets, yeah. which is similar to very much like the Ten Commandments, but yeah. you're basically just being a good person, mm. respecting other people and they'll respect you back. And, and it was all a little core bit about concepts, core yeah. concepts around, uh, and in this particular instance, around the family unit and yeah. with a lot of the, the concepts incorporating sort of talking about the family, but with what we're talking about is basically love yeah. is because what we've seen in the particularly the last couple of years it's really been highlighted this um, direct attempt to divide, um, divide everyone and yeah. get everyone against each other and point the finger yeah. and, oh he's not wearing a mask and isn't the mandate that we have yeah. to wear masks until oh, next week yeah. let's dog him in yeah. let's Causing call the hotline amongst everyone deliberately yeah. because yeah. If, if I'm angry at you and say you gotta go you do this you must do this you're yelling at me going I can do whatever I yeah. want blah 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 Fuck off. we're not yeah, yeah. we're you not looking at we're fun. not looking at the real problem going why are we yelling at each other why are we yelling at this guy yeah. who's running the country yeah. who's running the country to the ground yeah that fucking peanut. this this sort of stuff is all done deliberately it's crazy because mm. the government knows that if we actually get together and actually agree on some stuff and work together to a degree that's a powerful thing Power of the people is actually true. Especially if you're on a jiu-jitsu. Exactly. Yeah. That would be fun. Imagine that. Yeah. We'll walk up in our geese and shit. Yeah. yeah. Yes and no, because then you get the Daniel Andrews thing where they just pull out the right squad and they shoot you with rubber pellets and <laughs> gas. Oh, I guess we're going to start have to learn how to shoot then. <laughs> well, that's all well and good, but then don't forget John Howard de-armed us after, uh, after yeah. Port Arthur. What's John Howard doing these you days? You know what? He's always power walking like a motherfucker. He's, he's still going, isn't he? Uh, and he's and he's uh, working on his bowling technique. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bowling technique. Did you ever see that? No. Nah. Well, when he tried uh, that, the, yeah. and he's playing cricket. Well, there was some. Um, there's a, a president, uh, not president, a prime minister's game thing where they get a prime minister's eleven that plays generally a touring, 
cheering team. Oh, okay. And right, often right, they'll right. get the Prime Minister to bowl out the first ball. Just sort of like, yeah. they'll do with a lot of... <laughs> like the baseball. Howard, don't be giving Johnny Howard cricket balls. He's too old to be <laughs> bowling anything. He, he barely got his he arm He doesn't have that fear of insurance yeah. anymore. Oh, <laughs> mate. It just sort of like, blew it, and then it just like bounced and dribbled. So it was terrible. <laughs> it was so, yeah. yeah it was that, embarrassing. That, that, that's pretty well Australian politics, yeah. The dude in charge threw it, it bounced, dribbled, and that's that. Really. Sounds like the American no. president right now, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, sleepy That's more dribbling. I don't think the American president would have got the initial bounce and... and no, he didn't, no, did he? Did you see him stuck in the bike? The oh, way. that was funny. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, get his foot caught. Yes. <laughs> Does that hurt? I don't understand why they would be stupid enough to put him... Why would you put him on the balls over? You know why? Because they need a new president and they know it. They're like, give him... How do we get this motherfucker out of office? Put put him on a push bike. (laughs) 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 He'll be on a fucking scooter before you know it. Just like, yeah, you can't... You can't fucking have your president that old, man. It's plain and simple. It's not even so much the age, it's just everything that's gone with it, the fact that he is so far gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so far gone. That is crazy, though, isn't it? How, like, first of all, how you can... First of all, how you can still work when you're in that state, regardless of what the job... And get the motherfucker as the president. Yeah. He's the dude with his finger on on the red button, mate. Yeah, the one that calls for the nurse when he doesn't feel good. No, I'm talking about the one that fires off the... Oh, Jesus, that's scary. He's got the ability to, to... Start World War III. But surely there has to be something else. Like someone else that's like, hang on a minute, do you really want to push that? Like, you know well, what I mean? Like, with everything, not just the nuclear yeah, shit. But you'd want to have some kind of damage in, control. In reality, you would have to. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I think in reality, like the actual true thing is that maybe not, but don't quote me on that. But with him, definitely you're it. there is. Mm. Like, you've got that classic example. I forget exactly what the, the event was, but at Easter they do an event at the White House where they put the Easter eggs out and they do an Easter egg hunt on the, the White House lawn mm. and there's video footage of Joe Biden talking to someone and the conversation heads into a direction, political direction and this person dressed as the Easter Bunny comes up to, to Joe come on Mr President and quickly steers him away because they've got this guy standing around listening making sure that Joe doesn't get himself into trouble he's hopeless though that's the thing so they've, they've got someone directing him so it wouldn't surprise me that there's someone else between him and that button someone shared something it was only a couple of weeks ago but it was it was two individual speeches that he did so the one on the top they were playing at the same time the mm-hmm. one on the top and the one on the bottom and they're, I think they're about two three years apart it was the exactly the same speech like exactly like one or two words were changed here and there but mm. it was about like the, the oil price was going down per gallon and we're still going to do this and we've got this and that it went on for about three or four minutes but it was the exact same speech so whether they've just got him memorised that and that's like his go to or something either that or he's just caught in a loop <laughs> yeah, he's stuck on repeat <laughs> yeah well, the, the big one of the one of the sort of talking points is that um, a few people have said they reckon that Obama's still the guy in charge. Now, one of the reasons for that little rumour is that near the, it was either at the end or near the end or just after the end of his term, Barack Obama was being interviewed. And one of the questions was something along like, like what would be the ideal sort of situation for yourself yeah. post your, your second term? Yeah. And his answer was something along the lines of being sitting in my basement with 
the headphones and the mic and basically puppeteering something. Puppeteering something. Yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but that's that was the words to that effect. I don't now, even recall Obama ever doing much, though. He was a bit sneaky, wasn't he? Oh, Obama was... He did a bit, yeah. The, he did a lot that was all bad. Yeah, Obamacare, <laughs> whatever it was called, well, shit. Yeah. I'm talking about Obama got on, got in, change. Yeah. We're going to change. All these black Yeah, everyone's vote. gender. Everyone. What else you <laughs> <laughs> jocks. Their jocks, yeah. <laughs> and pouches in said jocks. Well, he got in. He got in because a lot of people, uh, black people, voted for him because he was, he was black and he was going to change and things were yeah. going to get better for people and we're going to have peace and we're going to stop this and we're not going to do that, and he dropped more bombs and mm. he killed more innocent people with drones than any other mm. president. Well, that was when that really started just, happening a fair bit. Was the drone warfare was with him, wasn't it? Yeah, he just signed. Yep, yep, yep. I think. I, I forget the, the exact timeline, but it was something like his first day or so. And he, he fired <laughs> off a drone. If I was the <laughs> first day <laughs> as president, what I'm, I'm walking in and I'm thinking like, right, I'm, I'm getting a big fucking platter of McDonald's. Delivered. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm getting myself some whiskey, a yeah. cigar, and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy the fact that I am in charge of America. <laughs> like, okay. I would do that for at least three. So that would three, be what you, your that, first thing that you would do? That would be th- a three-day just chilling, eating whatever I wanted, drinking, just getting right into it because yeah. I'm the president. Yes. Like, if you're in, as soon as you get in, if you instantly think like, yeah, we got I wonder how many people I can take out with these new yeah, drones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that'd be interesting. <laughs> what would you do as your first as president? Like if you could just, you're like, I just become president, I've got the next day off, what are we doing? Uh, I couldn't answer that question because I need to. I'm one of these people that I like to find out information and then gather all the information I can and then try to come to a correct solution. So, in that situation, I wouldn't be fucking around. I'd uh, like, okay. get all the advisors in. All right, give me the dirt. Like, what? What's the full story? Yeah. Like, let's get it start. Let's get some shit worked out. Yeah, tend to some curiosities. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bro. I'd be like, first of all, bring one of them aliens that you've got. <laughs> Bring him well, here. I want to talk to Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> yeah, but I want to know all that shit, all that weird shit that they've covered up. <laughs> to find out how much of it's true. See that's what I mean. Oh, they definitely got the aliens. I just want to like just bring one in so I can see how tall they are. I reckon they'd have either Biggie or Tupac. I don't think they'd, they'd have one of both. them. Yeah. yeah, I reckon probably Tupac because you wouldn't have to feed him as much. Yeah, straight He's skinnier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, yeah no dick around, bro. Well, you got like. John, uh, Joe Biden, mm. the first thing he did was, I don't know if you know what an executive order is. Yeah. yeah. So an executive order is basically the president saying, not going through Congress and getting it voted and done correctly, it's just, we're going to do this. I'm the president, sign, we're doing it. Trump did a few of them when he started, didn't he? Oh, they all do. He pumped a few of them. But, <laughs> Biden's done more than any other president in the time that he's... Been he really? Yeah, he's, he's cracked the record. And he's he did... I forget the number, but some ridiculous amount in his first day. Mm. And most of them were undoing all the all positive, the, shit <laughs> the positive economic things that Trump did, mm. which is one of the reasons America's in a toilet with its economy. Mm. Because Biden basically on his first day turned around and said, how can I ruin the country? Man. Oh, I'll do this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. And then I'll have a nap because I'm <laughs> 102 years old. And like... Can someone get me a yogurt? Yeah, it's who's been got my teeth? It's been a long day. <laughs> <It's> been... 
yogurt. <laughs> Put my foot in the pedals of these bike. I'm gonna go get my yogurt. <laughs> I can't go to the conference at seven o'clock. <laughs> Early bird special. <laughs> Oh, you're a food processor in the background. <laughs> you ready in a minute, Joseph? <laughs> Just blending it all down. Yeah. <laughs> Roast beef fucking paste for dinner. Well, he's he's the classic Ron Burgundy now. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you yeah. seen recently that there's been about two or three different times just recently where whatever's written on that teleprompter he reads. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he read out a quote and he's like, end quote, Repeat line. Oh, and he's yeah. reading that out. You'd have to because you're that fucking old. You, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You know they yeah. give him cue cards, don't you? Can so, he even manage to read? <laughs> they the, the the worst one that we saw just a little while back. He had a cue card that actually had in capitals in bold like uh, bold lettering to to say hello to these different people, and then you take your seat. So oh, it told him wow. to, it told him to say hello to certain people and then sit down. Yeah, that's it's like taking grandpa to like a family game. All right, oh, grandpa, no, say hello. Oh, here, come sit down in this chair and come get in a couple yeah. of hours. This is weekend <laughs> at Bernie stood. Oh, yeah. the the fact that this guy <coughs> technically alive mm. is a real big stretch on technicalities. There, taking it back local, we've got new club coming, new facility. Yes, we do. Where are we at? We are at uh, Unit 2644 Port Road, Beverly, um, which is about five to six minutes from where we are now in Brompton. Um, it's a small group of, of units um, with a lot of potential. Yeah. So yeah, at the moment we're looking at a bare, a bare space. That, as I was saying at the start, I've, I've marked out with tape yeah. <laughs> where, all the, where the, the, the mat space is going to be and where everything's going to be. Um, I've got the vision in my head of how it looks and hopefully over the next couple of two to three weeks get into it the idea mm-hmm. is before the end of August is to, to have it all done yeah um, and yeah preferably before the end of August be able to have our first class in there awesome. but at the very least at the start of September mm-hmm. be yeah be in the new place so do you um, obviously have a role with you boys is it, do you guys um, purely gee or gee no gee at the moment it's primarily gee yeah um, in the past particularly in summer every now and again we've done the old Gracie thing which yeah. was just take the jacket off yeah and, and do stuff in the new place because it's going to be I have the availability of 24-7 I can expand on the schedule. Yeah. So what I was doing before was trying to work out a way of maximising the four days a week that I had available at the place. Yeah. And like, do I do two and two, one and three? What do I do? Not everyone can turn up on the same day. So if I do certain days, then someone that might want to do gee can't do, has to do no Yeah. That's all going to be a lot easier when I've got more days to play with. So yeah, we've been primarily primarily gee to this point yeah but the idea is that um yeah in the new place i'll be expanding the schedule and there's going to be a couple of days in in the schedule that'll be no gee killer um and then be playing around with some other ideas as well you can have some gym equipment and stuff you're saying as well yeah. a little weights area there's yeah there's gonna be a nice little uh if the top of my head i think it's approximately 30 square meters that little bottom is bit. that how big that is i think if i remember correctly shit that's all right because it's it's just under five. It's four point nine by five point six. Yeah, it's 
just under 30. Yeah, it's, so, it's a yeah, decent. So it's about says, 20, yeah, somewhere between 25 and maybe about 28. Yeah. Um, not massive, but you, you space everything correctly. And I was pointing out to Benji how I'd sort of space a few different things. Yeah. And there'd be enough equipment there that you could have um, a few different people doing, uh, doing some different yeah. things. Um, what I'd like to do, because I've also got my Cert 4 in fitness, is I'll be able to do if, um, any personal training. Yeah. Um, I want to do a few little conditioning classes. Yeah. Um, yeah so sure. we can do some some little, you know, short 15 to half an hour little conditioning session on certain days before classes. Yeah. Get something going so the boys that are competing and stuff can get their strength and conditioning in. There's that. There's just the average person that wants to do jiu-jitsu for yeah. a bit of fun, a bit of fitness and maybe some self-defense. They've got something to work with. I suppose even the, like the parents can, if someone signs up or whatever, they can do some weights while their kids... See, that's the other good thing as well. Like, you've got a lot of kids... Like the, the kids' classes, there's a decent amount in there, and that some of them are getting pretty yeah. good, bro. Like, that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the idea is to expand because the interest, a very interesting little story is that when I first started my club, I had this vision in my head of what it was going to be like, and I can tell you now <laughs> that apart from a couple of other things, which might be what you're laughing about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not even talking about that, oh, but um. It was, it's been very different. So my vision was because I very much enjoy the complexity and the detail and the depth of jiu-jitsu mm. and I very much enjoy passing that on. And I'm sure Benji could back me up that I, unfortunately one of my full, uh, one of my sort of um, weaknesses, I guess, or faults is that I have a tendency maybe to over-deliver on information sometimes where I can overload you a little bit. That's it. I look at that as a positive, though. This is a thing. But, I mean, but... Yeah, yeah, but I do, I do say to the boys, just just cut me off if I'm saying if I'm giving you too much yeah. information because sometimes I will dive too deep. But that's a good sign that you're passionate uh, about what yeah. you're doing yeah. across. Yeah, and that yeah. you understand everything that you're teaching yeah. us as well. You know, Because so, a lot of people, they go, oh, yeah, let's do a technique. Uh, but, but, but you get a three-cent explanation and yeah. do it. Yeah. And then your technique is trash while you're doing it. You don't know why you're doing it. It's like... Don't cooking know, recipes yeah. and stuff like yeah. you've got to know why you're doing things it's at certain times yeah. exactly yeah. yeah i've definitely had seen some classes you know that like a, like a competitor or some high level guy will take a class and he'll deliver you a, a good technique or something but it's put across so simply it's put it's clear that he's just taught it to you the way that works for him yeah yeah and he hasn't given you enough to formulate a way that works for you and that like that's why the, the, my coach Dave, like the way he teaches, resonates with me a lot because yep. he gives you your fundamental. He says, like, "This is what we're trying to achieve. This is how we get there," you know. But I don't mind if you're doing this or feel what's good for you to work out how you get here and there, and gives you enough to actually formulate something that's individual. Yeah. You know? A lot of other guys, I think, with less information, can be quite dismissive sometimes. Mm. It mm. certainly can. Um, so I love teaching adults, but and and I have to admit that in the early days, teaching kids wasn't high on my priority. <laughs> yeah. and I did it because you do it, mm. but it was like, eh, not my favourite thing to do. Yeah. Funnily enough, um, in the early days, because I started the club with uh, with a business partner, and the kids and the adults were doing about even yeah. with the numbers, and then COVID hit. Um, there were some issues with that particular business partner who turned out to be a person 
I did not want to do business with and yeah, it happens I, I did not want anything to do with what we were doing and so we it happens didn't, often yeah. on martial arts scenes too I find so yeah. we, we separated and, and that was one of the reasons like my initial club was called Efficiency Jiu Jitsu and I changed the name because of some things he was doing yeah. I don't know whether he created a bad reputation for us so I had to just start fresh yeah and so that plus COVID so when I restarted after COVID it was almost a, a completely fresh start with couple of people like Benji sticking around from before yeah, yeah. but the thing that picked up the quickest was the kids yeah so I actually ended up having to develop well not having to but just well I did have to to start with but now it's actually something I really do enjoy yeah is to live, um, uh, getting a love for teaching kids yeah um, because that was the bit that was doing the best yeah so I was just like ah, oh, it's great it's great. It, it's, I've got to do this. Oh, I can't do it the way I, I've got to do it. you got to think but, on the fly, don't you? It's awesome seeing it click. But going through that, it was another bit of a pro. It was a, it was a process which I consider to be part of my development of eventually becoming a black belt. Mm. Was going through this thing of, I don't like doing it. And I'm going to do it because I have to do it. And yeah. then going from that to developing an interest in it and a love for it and now I enjoy teaching the kids if not more just as much as I do the adults yeah because um, I get a lot out of it and that's the other thing I mean even watching like with the kids because obviously I mean I haven't been training as much as well, I want to but was before but I've helped yeah. you a couple of times mm. do the kids classes and all the kids they it, it is very interesting because I never really realised that it's not as if like you said, with the adults, we can go in there and go, okay, everyone, this is what we're going to be doing today, blah, 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 and run them through. Everyone's going to sit there, be quiet, listen, and then mm. we're going to go through and do it. It's like the two of the kids are getting distracted over here and playing, and one's over here doing that. And like, But you pretty much, t- like you identify that like a couple of the kids in there, I think they were playing with a rubber band. And it's like, okay, well, this kid, he's allowed to play with a rubber band. As soon as you ask him, what was we just say then? He's like, bop, 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 bang. And listen to everything, even yeah. though it may look like he, he wasn't, so everyone was learning differently, but they're all having fun. It's not like, do this, do this, do this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you've got to pull them up every yeah, now yeah. and again, but it's not like a very regimented, this is the way it is, blah, 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 and they're crying and carrying on. No. Like, they're having no. fun the whole time, they're learning stuff. And like, you watch even um, the young girl. Um, Rose? Or, no, ideal. Uh, yeah, yeah. This little kid, man, oh, I haven't seen the kids' class in a while, but she was fucking... <laughs> Tying the other yeah. kids in knots, bro. But yeah. Well, yeah. that, that's what you're sort of talking about there. That's one of the things that picked up my interest in my, my um, picked up my passion for the, teaching the kids is I could actually get some of, the, some of the stuff that I like teaching the adults for because of the, getting into the detail, the nitty-gritty and the questions you can get back and how you can deep dive into it. I can get the same sort of fulfilment with the kids in the, in the respect of, for example, I've got, I've got two twin six-year-olds that are ADHD. I've got a nine-year-old that's got ADHD. Yeah. And learning ways to teach them, because that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You get these kids that... You sit them down in the classroom in front of a... I'm going to say a blackboard, show you how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even a whiteboard these days. Every kid's got their own little laptop and a bloody tablet. Shouldn't it be like non-colour specific board now? (laughs) That'll be the next thing. (laughs) A colour fluid. Colour fluid board. 
that's, yeah. that's willing to accept your riding yeah. as, long as, it as long as it's not triggering yeah. you've yeah. got to ask permission to draw yeah, the could you imagine that if you had a whiteboard you had to ask permission hey whiteboard I'm going to write this is that alright oh I might give it about no, six years and we'll have to there'll be something we have to do for yeah. it but what you were saying earlier when you mentioned about your own instructor Dave um, what you're teaching what you're talking about there is where you've got a, an instructor that's willing to dive into the concepts behind the technique yeah so yeah. what, a, what a lot of people don't seem to want to look at is the technique is just an expression of, of the actual um, concepts behind the technique. What's the, what, what's the cause? Like, why are we doing this? How are we making it work? Yeah. When you understand that, as I like to say to the guys, you make up your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of what, Dave's, what you were sort of referring to with Dave was saying. He gives you the baseline to work with, like he gives yeah. you the structure, so you have an understanding on what you're trying to achieve, as you said. Yeah. And then he starts not filling in every single little detail, but starting to give you some rules along the lines of what's happening there. Yeah. So then you understand how it's occurring, why it's occurring, and one of the things about jujitsu is that. The way you do jiu-jitsu is real. Two parts of, of you are going to dictate a lot about how your jiu-jitsu comes out. What's your personality like? What's your body type like? Mm. That personality, for, that's interesting actually, yeah. Because you watch, you get two people that are built exactly the same with different personalities. You get a very passive person or a very outgoing, aggressive person. They do jiu-jitsu very differently. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. shit. I never really thought yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Body type, yeah. So body type and personality will play a huge part in how you game, how you end up doing the game. Well, it is mm. an expression, um, I guess. You know, it's... This is, this is yeah. why I like to... Yeah. That's why I like to explain it like that, that your technique is an expression on those concepts. Mm. So Dave's laying out the concepts of here's a... So... For example, when I teach a technique, I'll show a basic... I do exactly the same sort of thing you described with Dave. I'll show the basic technique. Mm. And then if I know that there are some basic variations from there based on your body type, like if you're taller, you'll try it slightly different. I'll show that. If you're shorter, I'll show that. And then I try to help with the the whys and the hows because your body type is going to be different tomorrow. If you're taller than me, you're going to do it slightly different to the way I do it, even if I show you... Do it exactly like this. Yeah, you'll do it exactly like that, and you'll f- and Might if you're if right you're listening to, to your body, mm. you go, it just doesn't feel quite yeah. right. It's not a one but, size fits all, is it? But yeah. if I do this, which is what not what you showed me, it feels better. Mm. And most of the time, if you get your instructor to go look at what you just did, there's nothing wrong with what you did. It's your variation, as you're saying, that fits your body type mm. or your personality or combination of both that makes the technique work. And that's, I personally think is a good instructor, that someone that's teaching you how to learn, not what to learn. And this is a kind of jiu-jitsu you are gonna get if you head down to train at Zenith. That's that's good that's the good kind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On that note, Benj. We're done, how long was that? We've gone for a good hour and 10. Hour and 10? Nice. Fuck, it's not bad, bro. Not bad at all. I reckon we're gonna, obviously not this one, but we're going to have to suss out, mate. I reckon the guests might do it a bit longer, eh? I reckon so. Because it starts going. Yeah. It and this, it's going. too easy, that's the thing. Like yeah. once it, especially for three people, once you start... Yeah. Oh, it's, the rules that, well, that's why you get some like the, the Rogans and stuff like that. Their podcasts are up two hours, three hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's very easy for a conversation. And to, once we've had a few rumble. as well, we'll be able to work out who to get back for more chats. Yeah, so, that's yeah. it. Well, there you go. You're the first guest, bro. We're going to have to get you up. That's it. A plaque well, up the first or something guest like that. <laughs> you guys have done the, a very intelligent thing business-wise. You started with a very low bar. So <laughs> a very expensive low bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You might have mentioned... We didn't actually pay Benny anything. No. Yeah, so, the only right. thing that's, that's damaged here is Benji's knees. Yeah. And his pride. Oh, yeah. but my left and knee is still... And he's fun. got no pride. Oh, no, no, I don't have any pride. No, I don't have any shame. There's a difference. That's it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you guys can only go up from here with the, the quality and the calibre of guests that you guys get in. So <laughs> oh, this bloke. <laughs> Come on, bro. Um, give yourself some credit. Yeah. Now this was actually really good though. We covered a fair bit of shit. Well, I've, I've enjoyed myself. It's been good. Actually, let's quickly just touch on that Paddy Pimblet thing. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like a like you know what we were talking about. Like we talked about like mental you health and all that like sort of shit. Hair, yeah, I like his hair. Yeah, it's like a blonde beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We do love. We do love the mental health stuff. Like, yeah, big boy banter. So, so people that haven't seen it, he he pretty much came out after his um he won his fight. He teabagged the guy, which he said he was going to do, which yeah. is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. um, he got on the microphone and he goes, you know, boys, just make sure... He had a friend that that committed suicide like a few hours before his weigh-in, which was 24 hours before he fought. Yeah. And obviously it was weighing on his mind, as, as it does. But the thing is that it is the same, not, not just in London or around the world, that men are like, oh, oh I'm feeling a bit shit or... No, shit's gone wrong in my head, but I can't talk to anyone because yeah. you think you're gonna get, oh, shut the fuck, have a you know, teaspoon of concrete and harden the fuck up. Yeah, or whatever. which in, in in some places, look, you do, you are still gonna get. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is still there is still a lot of stigma around it. There's, yeah. You know, like hospitality and kitchens as well. That's yeah. Well, I found that that's it was a just big one. Fucking yeah. terrible. Just I mean, have a beer and deal with it. Yeah, and and yeah. that's that's the problem because people are just like, oh, feel like I'm gonna go out and fucking you know, get up opinions or just get pissed mm. for three days straight on your days off and mm. makes it ten times worse. Do you know what I mean? But and, much. and chefs especially, I understand this because, you know, we've got a hospitality background stuff, but that's where people do suffer more because you're doing long hours, there's a lot of mental health shit and drug abuse mm. with chefs. Everyone, everyone. everyone even in, the martial arts community. Scenarios, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do, some of the some of the industries that have high stress levels yeah. have some of the worst drug and alcohol problems. Yeah. Cops. This is not an anti cop thing, but cops no, yeah. cops big drinkers, yeah, quite big often big drinkers. Yeah, they got a PS um, PTSD and shit, man, from the shit. Doctors. Yeah, Doc- that's so. Doctors are everyone. A lot of doctors. Yeah. Because, you know, you think about it, you operate on someone, someone yeah. dies on the table. That's a big deal. I think that's why my doctor Doctors likes me because I'll actually ask him, like, yeah, how you doing? How you oh, going? really? You're yeah, not, yeah. You're not going yeah. too flat out, but yeah. the, these are the conversations we should all be having with each other. Yeah. yeah, you're checking in, checking up, and even if you can't work out how to how to put it in words, how to um, how to bring it all together, just yeah, have a yarn. Yeah, just day. talk. To, and this is the thing. I mean, if you. Talk to your mates because at the end of the day, this is the other thing as well. If you haven't got friends that you can sit down and talk this sort of shit out with, they're not your fucking friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm, they're not. Yeah. I mean, you and me, we've talked about stuff. You and me, like we've talked a fair bit of shit, especially yeah. like me. I had a relationship breakup a few months ago. We've talked about it yeah. a fair bit. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's one of those things that you need to talk to people about shit. Regardless, even if you turn it into a bit of a joke, even so yeah. you just get it off your chest. Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk more about it. Because we're going to do our... Yeah, well, our, ne- our next episode, and... I think we... Yeah, yeah, we're both um, 
get get into a, a good chat about sort of love relationships and, yeah. and how that one's going. We'll make it lighthearted so people yeah, can yeah. masturbate to it. And... Yeah, we'll finally um, finally make public that we're actually together. Yeah, well, we're in a bit of an interesting relationship at the moment. Yeah, a situationship of sorts. A situationship, yeah. yeah I mean, we don't have geese on for nothing. No, we're both really busy. But look, anyway, let's chat for next week. I'm still trying People to work People get a thing with gay now. Yeah. I'm still trying to work out who's top, who's bottom. Yeah, oh, it well, varies. I've got more stripes on my belt. Only until I beat you up Actually, take them. this is it. <laughs> Start taking yeah. anal stripes. Exactly. <laughs> All right, that was the we're going to let that go. But yeah, Betty, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks, this Thank has been awesome, guys. Great we'll to definitely, be um, Yeah, we'll, we'll, good luck with everything setting up, obviously. Thank we'll you. Be there and stuff. But yeah, so how do people find you anyway, bro? Just for, so oh. the one person in Washington and now yeah. four people that listen can... Uh, you can you can find us on... Now, I've been a little bit lazy with the social media because of leading up to the new place. But in particular, once the new place is on, I'll get back to my getting some more stuff out on there. But um, it's Zenith Jiu Jitsu West Adelaide on Instagram and Facebook. Um, there are two primary, two primary methods, social media wise. Um, YouTube, I'll start doing a bit more on YouTube once I've got an actual place that I can film a little bit more and yep. put some stuff up there. You'd be able to do more breakdowns and stuff like they've done before, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Zenith Jiu Jitsu West Adelaide. Yeah, so anyone wants to come down and try, if you've got kids. We've got kids' classes, adult classes. Um, as I said, our schedule is about to change very soon, so I won't bother trying to say what it is now. But you can definitely look us up on um, particularly Facebook. It's got our current schedule, and it will have our updated schedule as soon as it's done. Awesome. Beautiful. Thanks, East Bunny. Thanks for listening. Thank um, you, people. Yeah, everybody around the world. That was it. We'll catch you next week. Done. Stay tuned. Podcast.